Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Everyone, welcome to the Kate Show. Wait, what? And uh, today I, we'll um, be discussing. Oh, am I? In oh, the you're wrong. Sh- oh, right. I'm in the wrong podcast. I have a special guest here. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. And, uh, I, I've never I, introed before. Oh, I, you did. A, you did a stellar slam bang. Kicking job there. Thank you. I thought that was quite lovely. Betsy, what do we do here? Oh, wow. How the tables have turned. Yes. Oh, my. Uh, well. Well, first of all, who are you? Oh, I'm Betsy. Oh, I'm Kate. Oh, there you go. What do we do here? I will go back to your previous question. Uh, we look at picture books and we determine if they are classics or not classics. Do you have to clarify if it's a children's picture book? Can you just say picture book? I'm just saying picture book. I'm honestly just saying picture book. Because I know some picture books that are not... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But are they classics? Are they well-known? Here, we'll we'll, we'll say that. Are they Mm. well-known? Because I feel like we truck mostly, with with some side exceptions, but mostly with things that are famous. Right. And that's where we sort of... That's sort of our beginning point, and then we determine if that fame is earned... If it's famous equals classic, right, or famous equals not Man? classic, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right, exactly. So that's that's the that's the parameters that I have set. I would say, okay, yep. And um, well, today's book, uh, I should say, is is inspired by a movie, not the book itself. The fact that I've chosen it for today, because I was reading this book to my my three year old son. And my husband sort of pokes his head in, sees what I'm reading, and starts going, Woohoo, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. And I was like, oh, no, 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 we are not associating that song with this book. And the reason he did it was because it's about to be a movie, and the trailer has been playing that song uh, continually. Now, you are looking confused. You are you're not able to identify instantly uh, nope. what this movie is. I'm going to say that is a good thing, and I'm going to say that's because you don't watch a lot of children's films uh, or children's television programming where we've been forced. And I like that song, but I'm beginning to not like that song because uh, it is associated now with this book. So I'm just going to pull this little book out here, and I honestly have no idea if you've ever read this before. Uh, And it is a little book. The Tale of Peter Rabbit by Beatrix Potter. Very good. Wait, 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 wait. What? Time out. What? Hold on. Wait. Is this like Harry's um, Beatrix and and maybe she? Not even slightly. And yet both British. Yes. Yes. But uh, as far as I can ascertain, there is no Harry Potter connection to these books. I will find one. I don't think you will. Oh, I'll I'll figure it out. Bro. I oh okay. I will I will give you this much. There is an old man who is British with a beard. Um, 
but he's kind of the Voldemort of the book, so don't know if it's really going to apply. No, I think this is a, since this book came out in 1902, uh, it is, it is possibly influenced Miss uh, J.K. Rowling. Who is to say? It's so tiny. I can balance it between my two fingers. Is it like, is it, it's the size of my hand. It's the size of your hand, yes. And, uh, so it should, it's just a teeny tiny read. Okay. For you. Okay. Go, go have a teeny tiny read. While Kate is reading the book, we're gonna have a little behind-the-scenes info. Three, two, one. Zzz. Context. Uh, the context this week, uh, it was hard to choose. There are a lot of things that you can say about Beatrix Potter. Uh, a lot of random facts. I was going to bring up the rolled doll thing. I'm gonna save that for Kate. So this is the one you get while Kate is not here. And this is going to blow your mind if you're like me. Now bear in mind, Tale of Peter Rabbit comes out in 1902. That is her first children's book, all right? You with me? Hold on with me. You with me? Good. Beatrix Potter, near the end of her life, big fan of Dr. Seuss. And this is true. Uh, she saw, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, loved it. Thought it was charming. Sort of Felt it ushered in a whole new era of uh, children's picture books, which indeed it did. But if you're like me and you're taking Beatrix Potter, who was a very distinct era of children's literature, and you're taking Dr. Seuss, a very distinct other era of children's literature, the idea that they had any connection in any way at all blows your mind. Or at least mine. Hello again! Hello! You're back! Mm-hmm. Having read about bunnies. Yeah. Cute little bunnies. Oh, wait. Hold on to that voice. Hold on. That's the voice. That is the voice of the description that I want for this book. Okay. Peter lives in a large fir tree with his mother and his siblings, Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. Though instructed by his mother not to go digging in Mr. McGregor's garden, he's a naughty little thing. His tasty trip is brought up short, however, when he stumbles across the farmer himself. In the course of their chase, Peter loses his little blue jacket with the shiny brass buttons and must return to his mother after a series of close shaves without it or his shoes. He is promptly put to bed with a cup of chamomile tea while his siblings eat the tasty blackberries they picked that morning. So what'd you think? You know, not a bad book. That's, that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, and I found a way to connect it to Harry Potter. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Okay, well, okay, wait, wait, wait. What? What? It's very subtle. But on the title page, the title page where it says the tale of Peter Rabbit, uh -huh. and there's a bunch of little animals around there the edges. Are. There is an owl. Okay. Yes. And he's and he's friends with Hedwig. Uh, sure. Yep. I think. And he he's was... reading a book called Squirrel Nutkin. Yeah, that was another Beatrix Potter book. Squirrel Nutkin, I believe, is opposite uh, him on that very title page, and I believe uh, he eats that squirrel's tail. Oh. So there you go. I don't recall Hedwig doing that in her time, but we Squirrel. don't see much of what she does in her off hours, so <laughs> okay. maybe she is horribly teased by squirrels and uh, eats their tails. Who knows? Fair enough. Fair enough. So that's my Harry Potter connection. All right. You know what? I'll take it. Okay, here's a question for you. Sure. On the very first page, yeah. 
You name you learn the names of uh, the mother rabbit and her sure. children. We don't know her mom, the mom's name, but we know she is right. a mother rabbit. Yes. We got Flopsy. Yeah. Mopsy. Mm-hmm. Cottontail. Mm-hmm. And Peter. <laughs> well, he was the boy, and it's possible he was named after his father. Uh, Maybe he's... I don't know. I feel like they just gave up after kid <laughs> four. Like, They're like, yeah. I got nothing. We yeah. named the last one Cottontail. What are we going to do with this one? I don't know. Uh, I don't have any boy names. Yeah. I only had girl names. I, I, I literally didn't even make a list of boy names. It's like you're petering out Pete. Oh, Pete. Wait, what did you just say? All right, Peter. All, All right. right. That That's works. Done. <laughs> no more kids, which is not an issue since... Daddy got all baked into a pie. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm oh, not but, there oh, sorry. I'm hold sorry. On. But we get ahead, no, let's of get ahead of ourselves. Spoiler alert. Sorry, people. So we learn that the mom's name is Mrs. Rabbit. Yeah, but, like you do. But they introduce her as, first she says, Now, my dears, said old Mrs. Rabbit. <laughs> Woman just had, like, four kids. Yeah. I, old. Well, do we know? Do we know? What the average lifespan of a rabbit is. It could be that she's has not been eaten or killed in any way, and that to any other rabbit she must seem ancient, like a crone. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's rude. Well, maybe it's a little rude. And uh, maybe but wait, 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 maybe we're reading this wrong. Maybe it's like, oh mother rat. Like that's how you're it's supposed to read it. It's not O L apostrophe, it is O L D. Well, it's English, so they wouldn't bother with the apostrophe. Oh, mother rabbit. <laughs> Stretching here. <laughs> apples and pears, apples and pears. <laughs> dead father in the pie, dead father in the pie. Because <laughs> that's screwed up. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Just just tell your children, oh, he went off on a trip and hey, never came I back. I appreciate her honesty. Don't when it tell comes your to... children he back, got baked into a pie. Okay, if, if you're trying to keep your kids away from something dangerous... I think that's a pretty... It doesn't work. I was going to say, does it work? At all, because no. Peter's a freaking idiot. How, yeah, but how stupid is this rabbit to be like... He's so dumb. Oh, man, my dad died there, and he got baked into a pie. Yep. What I even I know the name I'm of the man go. who did it. <laughs> yes. I must have radishes. They're so tasty and look like carrots for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't get they, it. They're literally blackberries. Right there. I mean, if you're going to call Mrs. Rabbit old, we mm. better call Peter stupid. So Dumb as a dumb bunny. So, stupid Peter stupid went off. Peter. And, so, uh, stupid Peter. Yep. And stupid Peter did this. Yep. And, uh, and here's what I'm wondering. So, mm. twice in this book, it says the word I. It says, so that okay. I... Okay. So I know that, why that so is. So that I think, and I'm sorry to say... These started out as letters to a sick boy. Oh. She uh, she wrote them with little with little art uh, to a sick boy, and I don't remember if it was the boy's family or somebody was like, "This is freaking amazing! Can you turn this into a book?" Um, but I think that may be a remnant from yeah from the old the old letters. Okay. She was trying to cheer him up. Yeah, because I'm like, who who is talking here? Uh, Miss Potter. All right, fair enough. Um, and I, I'll save the moral of the story to the end. Okay. Don't let me I, that's forget. A, that's appropriate. So because right. it's probably not. What I you will think not it is. forget. Okay. Yeah. I never forget a moral. Um, can you pretend to do a sneeze for me? Achoo! Right. Mm-hmm. That's how most people would do it. Sure. Yeah. A C H O O. A C H O O. This one, maybe the Brits do it differently. It's possible. I don't know them well. 
Presently, stupid Peter sneezed. <laughs> Curtie shoe. Curtie shoe. Oh, I do appreciate Curtie that. Curtie shoe. Curtie shoe. But no, that's like curshoe, but this is no. a, there's a K-E-R-T-Y. Curtie shoe. Curtie shoe. Well, it's a rabbit sneeze. And maybe that's how, I don't know, but how many rabbits have you ever heard sneeze? Not many. No. No. But I'm pretty sure they don't go, Curtie shoe. We don't know. We don't know that. Find me a rabbit <laughs> and some pepper. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That sounds delicious. And then Mr. McGregor. Yeah. After- he's an old man. I would like to point out this guy is too old to be running after well, a rabbit. Well, apparently he's that gets- not that old because it's not old Mr. McGregor. <laughs> just buys against the poor mom here. I'm sorry. He's 27. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I don't get, Mr. Okay, after Peter loses his clothes yeah. after he's like trying to run away. Mm. Mr. McGregor finds his little jacket and his little shoes, and he puts them up for a scarecrow to frighten the blackbirds. Mr. McGregor doesn't think it's weird that a rabbit is wearing clothes. So we have to take... This is this is something that has, has actually kind of, like, fascinated me since I, I read it as a child. So apparently, not all rabbits are wearing clothes. Flopsy Mopsy and Cottontail... They do. Do they? Yes. I thought they were naked just the day they were born. Oh, Look. they do have... You know, they have little cloaks, but when they're yeah. picking the blackberries... They're, Where's those cloaks? Right there. They're smart enough to oh. take the cloaks off because they don't want to stain them no, from the berries. The berries. Okay, that yeah. does actually make a fair amount of sense. Yeah. And so these are these are sentient animals capable of human speech who And curdy shoe. And curdy shoes. Who wear clothes and apparently the humans just don't notice, I guess. No, they must have noticed because now well, it's a Well, they noticed there's clothes, but they didn't notice that they that they belong to a rabbit, or I don't know how he but was But these are going to be tiny little shoes it's, it's, and a tiny... It is going to be a tiny little scarecrow. scarecrow? <laughs> Who is he kidding? Yeah, the, the, well, the birds, to be fair, are sort of like, um... So we got old and stupid Mr. McGregor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a desperate man. He's got a lot of uh, different wild animals are just making hay with that garden of his. He just sees, like, some doll clothes, and he's like, I'm gonna put that on a stick. <laughs> now scare some scarecrow. Perhaps he's been doing something. this too long. Yeah, he might like, be losing it. Well, made into a scarecrow. <laughs> and that'll work. And then, at the end, his mother was busy cooking. She wondered what he had done with his clothes. It was the second little jacket and pair of that. clothes that Peter had lost in a fortnight. What the hell no. happened with the first one? I love that because it really seems to assume that Peter is getting into some kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, is, is what it, literally what happened is the first a pair of clothes? Fortnight last night? I don't. I should have looked that up. I don't know. I should know like, this from like Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah. Right. Is it? Is it the previous night? I thought it was like the previous month. Is that not it? Pretty sure it's pretty I don't day. know. Readers, if you know what it is, just email us at fusegatedate at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, right. So either yesterday or a month ago, <laughs> he had another full set of clothes. If my kids came home, collapsed on the couch, and were buck naked, and it was the second time that had happened, you bet I'd be a little upset about that. Now, I think... Her reaction might be, no more clothes for you, mister. That would not be my reaction. Which is fair, but... because I was wondering in the beginning why all the other siblings have red jackets and his is blue. Yeah. But then I realized probably his first one was red. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. And probably. so the second just... one is blue. But what fool rabbit gave the other rabbit shoes? I'm like, obviously he can't hold on to them. You know, and that How brings... did he lose the shoes, and... by the way? Oh. Oh, they fell off while he was running. Yeah. That's right. 
Okay. Which comes to the moral of the story. What, what, Kate, would you say is the moral of the story? Clothes ruin everything. (laughs) So this is a nudist book. It is. It is in many ways. Let us all be free and (laughs) run around. We will not be caught by the McGregors of the world, if you know what I mean. Right. I I don't know what I mean, but I hope you know what I mean. I can pretend. All right. (laughs) So be it. Yes, yes. So, uh, and I should, oh, so I should have clarified this at the beginning. What edition am I showing you? So this is, um, this is an edition that came out, uh, it was an anniversary edition. And so, uh, they decided to restore six extra illustrations, uh, four of them sacrificed in 1903 to make space for illustrated endpapers, the other two, which had never been used before. Uh, including the picture of Mrs. McGregor serving the pie, oh, with that's that so was not up. that was not in the original book. It shouldn't have been in this because book. Beatrix Potter hated how she painted humans. She was a naturalist, and so she studied animals. Um, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a scientific naturalist, and they were all like, "Woman naturalist, no." And uh, so she was stuck with all the scientific knowledge of how animals actually acted and looked, and uh, turned them into charming children's books but you know she didn't she didn't care for the people so much which is why mr mcgregor's face is so horrific in some ways it's just sort of a blur of a nose and a beard well there's not much there he's kind of blurry ish his shoes super clear and crisp but whenever you see him he's like in the distance like going like huh and that is that is the close you ever uh, closest you ever get to to getting a good look at the man in the face. He, he does pop up, like, close to Peter at one point, like, when Peter surprises him the first time. Oh, yeah, she's not very good at hands. Yeah, well, yeah, she didn't spend all her days yeah. in the woods. I mean, not that, Studying like, wild hands walking around, you know. <laughs> not that I'm an artist or anything, She didn't have a pet anything, hand in a jar that she took out. Creepy. That would be an excellent book, by the way. Or yeah. movie. I mean, that's not, that's not... That's... That's not bad. It's not bad, but that's just, like, a nose, glasses, and beard... Maybe some eyebrows. It's not the clearest face. Yeah. Compared to the rabbits, which are very perfectly done in many ways. She's really thought this through. Mm-hmm. Like, if a rabbit had to wear a jacket, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. I think she I think she uh, makes a good case for it. Yeah. So this is the oldest book we've done uh, in, in this. It's, it's the oldest book. Uh, Millions of Cats was very old. But this one is older and has a leg up on Millions of Cats in that it has always been in color. As opposed to Millions of Cats, old black and white Millions of Cats. Mm. It was on my poll of the top 100, you know, picture books. It was number 19, which I think was a very fair showing for a 100-plus-year-old book. A lot of nudists out there appreciate it. I, uh, it. I think it's yeah. uh, the whole nudist community just <laughs> crazy about that book. <laughs> Not so much Benjamin Bunny, but this one, woo, yes. It is the apparent, according to 100 Best Books for Children, it is the second best-selling hardcover picture book children's book of all time in America. And the number one, The Pokey Little Puppy. The what a what Yeah, we're going to have to do that someday because I've never read that one. It is the best-selling picture book of all time. Of all time. I don't... You're familiar with its ways. We'll get to it. Yeah, that uh, pokey... Yeah. Po- what'd you say? The, the <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. All right, so... Now we come, now we come to the gossipy part of the of the portion of this. So, um, so here's my question to you: Did or did not Beatrix Potter 
terrorize five-year-old Roald Dahl? Uh, her name is Beatrix, so I'm going to say, heck yeah, she Okay, did. you would think so, because he told everybody this for years. He said when he was five years old, they were driving by the Lake District, and they saw her house, and they went by, they went in, and there was an old woman, like, gardening in the front yard, and uh, he said he wanted to, to meet Beatrix Potter, he wanted to see Beatrix Potter, and she said, well, now you've seen her, so scram! That, that was his story. But I've done some research. And I believe it's not true. Mm-hmm. Because Beatrix Potter at that time wasn't that old. She was, you know, getting there, but not. she wasn't like an old, old lady. She's However, like a Mrs. Rabbit old. <laughs> she was like a Mrs. Rabbit old. Mm-hmm. Nice. See how you tied that together? I did. With a bow. <laughs> Mwah. Uh, but no, so her mother was living with her, and her mother felt that she had come down in the world and was a cranky individual. I am convinced it was her mother that yelled at Roald Dahl. Yeah. Not Especially if he said, I'd like to meet Mrs. Potter. Yes. Maybe. I guess her name technically at that point wouldn't have been Mrs. Potter because she got married and then she changed her name. But anyway, he wanted to see Beatrix Potter and and she said, or he said something. He said something. And uh, yeah, I, I have never quite believed that story. Emma Thompson wrote a Peter Rabbit sequel. Why? Nobody knows. Okay. And she is pointedly absent from the new Peter Rabbit film, uh, which is coming out, which is why I'm doing this book today, because this the ads for it have been many, many places. But I, wish, I will say unto you, there has been a lot of hatred directed towards this film, and I highly recommend you check out the, uh, the trailer for it uh, to see if you agree with the hatred. The second trailer, the, the preliminary trailer... I actually had a bit of uh, love for, not love, I was amused by, because it it had nothing to do with Peter Rabbit, except the clothing, which is shockingly similar, Um, and the characters, which are from all her books, which is baffling, but the, and it had one really funny joke involving a deer. Um, The second trailer is Home Alone, and if you like Home Alone, Okay, good news for you. Now we have it in rabbit form. So, yay! Wait, are we talking like like computer-generated rabbits? Yep. And actors are doing a voiceover? But not Emma Thompson. A bunch of British actors. Like a whole slew of them. And no Emma Thompson in sight. I think that was done on purpose. Hmm. I am not pleased with that. All right. Um, however, there was another Peter Rabbit-ish book, uh, movie, that came out. Uh, you remember Miss Potter? Nope. Cast your mind back to the career of Renee Zellweger. Oh, yeah. Remember her? Before she changed her face. That's the one. Yep. This was pre-changing of the facey. Mm-hmm. And she had a, a biopic called Miss Potter, where she played Beatrix Potter. Nope. Don't remember that. Oh, but you should, because in this film, or at least in the trailer... She draws these characters, and then they come to life on the page, and she whispers to them. I don't think it really goes into her naturalist career much. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. One more thing. Uh, this is a swear jar thing. I have a connection. I have a connection to Beatrix Potter. However oblique. Once, I had to transcribe her handwritten letters to a famous librarian at NYPL called Anne Carol Moore. Which I did. There's my swear jar. Boop. And uh, it was fun. And one of them, th- these were written during World War II, one of them involved a bit of shrapnel. Because she owned a, a uh, farm 
and uh, quite a bit of land with lots of sheep and uh, bums. And shrapnel would occasionally fall from the sky. Into her letters. Uh, well, she wanted to show, hey, look at this cool tinsel-like shrapnel that I have. How oh. cool is that? The sheep were a bit scared, and she didn't care for Belgian refugees. So, fun fact there. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you do. Hmm. So, ratings time. Ratings time. There's really nothing all that offensive about the book. No, except for calling Mrs. Rabbit old. Yes, <laughs> which no one has ever pointed out in the history of this book's uh, lifespan. So, well done there. Um, you know, I, I, oh, I should say one last thing. It was made small on purpose for Little Hands. It was the first book series that ever did that. Well, that's not true at all. It was, uh, it was one of the most famous book series, I'll say, to have done that. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it sends a good message, you know. Don't wear clothes. Don't wear clothes. <laughs> don't wear clothes. And, uh, no, you know, I'm don't, still not sure that's you know, listen to your parents away from it. or, uh, yeah. you know, don't. You sure are supposed to, or they'll make you drink chamomile tea. Right. Yeah. Just, you Which know, I thought was a punishment, but I've been informed since it's not, so. Well, maybe. It seems like a punishment to me. I don't know, maybe if you have a whole bunch of vegetables in you and yeah. then you're yeah. full and then you have to drink more, it's just even more full. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know, I, I, but, you know, make sure you listen to your parents, do mm -hmm. what you're told, mm -hmm. you know, that's, mm -hmm. like, the moral mm -hmm. here. Sure. The drawings are adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think I would give it a, a good, solid 7.5. Oh, that's funny. I was going to give it 7.75. Seriously. No, I really was. I actually oh really gosh. seriously was. Always I'm not copy, making this up. I'm not even copying you. Uh -huh, I'm sure. not even copying you. You just want to one-up no, me just a little I just, bit. But... Look, I even wrote it down. No, I didn't. But <laughs> if I had, mm -hmm. it would say 7.75. Okay. Right here. Well, I'm glad we're in the same ballpark, then. Yeah, I think that's it's it's strong. It's a classic. I think we can say it's a strong it's classic. A classic. It's a classic. Yay. Yes, it's definitely a classic. Uh, it will be around for a, a hundred years more. I'll say, in spite of the movie. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention, it because it came out in 1901, uh, it has a tendency to get uh, re-illustrated. Because, oh, 1902. Uh, because it's in the public domain. You know, the public domain cuts off 1923, so people re-illustrate this puppy all the freaking time. And big, big picture book versions. Yeah. And it's, it's, they're all awful. You know, what I don't get is why people will decorate, like, their nursery with Peter Rabbit. You know, it's like, this kid is a troublemaker. Yeah. Uh, why would you want that surrounding your newborn child? Because uh, bunnies are cute. Right. When I... And he's wearing clothes. <laughs> Did you see the little shoes? He's got little shoes. Until he has tiny press buttons, he goes naked. He goes naked. Which baby is a little small children? I can attest, like to do. So yeah, he's the child stand-in. Sure, he makes mistakes, but he pays for him through the nose. That's true. So you know he's not like Max. Well, even Max got sent to his room. He's not like Eloise. Oh, we'll get to you, Eloise. That we will. Okay. Letters time. <laughs>
Letters, 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 letters mm -hmm. time. So we did The Lonely Doll uh, last last episode. The Lonely Creepiest Doll. Yeah. The Lonely Creepiest Doll. Oh, I should say, we have uh, we had one uh, reader who wrote in, uh, Elizabeth H., and she actually redid the cover for us so that it now reads, The Lonely Doll Has Stockholm Syndrome. And uh, I think I think I agree with that. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, that's legit. Uh, however, wondered why we did not talk about the many, many uh, Lonely Doll sequels, including this beautiful puppy I'm showing you the cover of right now. This is Edith and Big Bad Bill. Uh, it's a Lonely Doll story. Is this story. like the S and M book? Uh, no, no, no. She's outside, uh, tied to a tree, uh, yeah, looking quite petrified. I'd say. Like you do. Like you do. There's another one. The Lonely Doll Learns a Lesson that features Mr. Bear slicing off her hair on the cover, I guess, in punishment for something? I don't know what this doll has done to deserve this. Oh, now I just feel sorry for the doll. I know. Well, I know. I've always felt kind of sorry for the doll. Um, but people loved it as a child. Now, many of them writing in uh, acknowledge freely that they loved it as children, and then they came back to it as adults and went, what the heck the heck is going on here? <laughs> I do not understand. One person who wrote in, and I felt bad I didn't know this, um, was uh, author-illustrator Lisa Brown, uh, who had actually written uh, a whole blog post on Lonely Doll covering many, many, many of the same points that you and I covered. Uh, where are these bears from? How do they know her name? Why is she suddenly acting like she's never been in this house before and mm -hmm. explored it? Uh, are the why is everything adult size and not doll size? So yes, it it's we're not the only ones to have thought this up, uh, but we're the only ones to have podcasted it. One other letter that we got dates is our is our very first dates back to our very first episode. the The letter is we got it back in December and I neglected to read it, but it it talks about Tiki Tiki Tambo. Remember old Tiki Tiki Tambo? Yeah. Yeah. The racist book. That's the one. <laughs> You're learning. You're learning, kid. It's good. Um, you know what she... we should do in, like, ask me what the book was about a year later. Yeah. And then I'll just be like, that's the racist book. Just do the one phrase, like, you know. like Describe uh, this book in, in five or less words. Lon Popo? What was that about? Um, wolf teeth. That's it. In trees. All right. You're good. <laughs> Wolf teeth and trees. <laughs> we could make this just a whole. That's a whole episode right there. I love it. Okay, note to self: do that thing. Anyway, uh, Lauren back in December uh, said that uh, she felt uh, caught. She caught up with our episodes and uh, can't binge listen when she's sad anymore, which made me sad. So, oh, that's very nice that she oh, was she doing listened that. to all the episodes. Yeah. and now she can't binge. And now she can't binge. Yes. Got it. I'm sorry. No, we weren't making her sad. I should say. I was like, we are we like, making her binge? No, what? no, we're not making her binge. <laughs> Just purge. Oh dear. Um, she said that uh, re Tiki Tiki Tembo, um, that there are at least two folk stories from different areas of the globe based on the boy with a long name falls in water and needs to be saved premise. I love that. That's a genre. Yep. Uh, one is from Japan, who knew, is part of a comic storytelling tradition called Rakugu, or Rakugo, um, where it takes 15 seconds to say the kid's name at top speed, uh, and she said that the Japanese patron she spoke to um, said that kids learn to say it as a sort of parlor trick, which I think is actually, in the case of Tiki Tiki Tembo, has also happened in America. 
people have memorized it as kind of a parlor trick. Um, and then uh, she included uh, an image of Iron Man saying it really, really fast, and I don't know, I don't know why, but I'll include that in the in the source notes for this one. Cool. Uh, so there you go. I'm a grown up. Things we like. Right. Grown up things. I am a grown up, and I like things. We like things. Oh, my thing. Your thing. So do a thing. Over, uh, over. I think it was over Christmas. Um, there are these two women. And they have a YouTube series called I Mom So Hard. Nice. And they are uh, Kristen Hensley and Jen Smedley. And they're two moms who do these random videos. <laughs> and they, they're they definitely comedians. I mean, it's, it's a laugh out loud series. And I particularly recommend the one called I Swimsuit Season So Hard. Oh, I may have seen references to this. I laughed so hard i was just crying and then it's like it's just the bawling laughing yeah yeah, yeah. while they try on all these different swimsuits yeah. that are popular i had heard of this but i did not see it so you recommend this then yes so right. let me give you just their little bio sure. from their website kristen hensley and jen smedley have been performing teaching and writing comedy internationally for a combined 40 plus years they've been moms for one quarter of that time and it shows how do they cope? They laugh about all the craziness that comes with being a mom, and they want you to laugh about it too. From snot to stretch marks to sleepless nights, Kristen and Jen know firsthand that parenting is a hard job, and they invite you to join them in taking it all a little less seriously, even if for a sh- few short minutes a day. After all, Jen is Jen currently has four days of dry shampoo in her hair, and Kristen's keys are still in her front door. They try, they fail, they support each other, and they mom as hard as they can. So it's, yeah, they usually start an episode drinking wine, and then it just gets into... I've been there with those keys in the front door. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. hashtag, I mom so hard. And I'm not a mom, and I still think it's hilarious. No, this is the second mom-related thing you like that you've done. It was this, and then there was a lady who was uh, buying at, the stuff for the teachers in the... At Target, and, yeah. Yeah, Target, yeah, so... Moms are funny, man. That's what I say, said the mom. Yeah! <laughs> go, moms, Go! Alright, that's excellent. Uh, my recommendation is, uh, well, a film that will convince many people never to ever, uh, talk to their moms again, I guess. Uh, I watched, uh, I, Tanya, which is a Tanya Harding, uh, oh, I don't even know, like a biopic, I think is probably the most accurate way of describing it. It, uh, was recently described by a podcast I like as more akin to the big short in terms of tone. It has a lot of people like turning to the camera and saying stuff uh, in the middle of like a dramatic scene. Um, It is pretty lighthearted. It is pretty comedic, but there are moments of domestic abuse and violence that will shock you um, in that they sort of come out of nowhere uh, and they go away. And so in that way, the tone does not always work. I did know this story, obviously, because I grew up during that whole time, but it's an interesting film. I think the performances are very strong. Um, the acting, just all the way down, is very good. I don't know anyone that's in it other than Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie's amazing. Some people on a podcast that I enjoyed uh, compared it to The Post and said that in The Post, you never for a second forget that Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep are Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Whereas in this film, Margot Robbie just sort of transforms into the role. She is Tanya Harding, though she looks nothing like Tanya Harding. Sebastian Stan apparently can actually act. 
And then Alice and Jamie is kind of a wasted role. She has no arc, uh, but she does a great job and gets her ear bitten repeatedly by a teeny tiny bird. What? A tiny, tiny parrot. Like you do. Just the meanest <laughs> little bird, just biting at her earlobe. And I like my Margot Robbie, like, Harley Quinn mm-hmm. style, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah. I like her crazy. Yeah, she's not crazy in this, actually. She's pretty sane. She just... Also, I don't know how they faked the um, the figure skating, but they did a damn good job. <laughs> it looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Something to consider. Or not. Or not. <laughs> All right. But anyway, oh, yes. So, uh, you know, you asked me to remind you of the, the moral of the book. Well, let's, what's the moral of today's podcast, Kate? Ladies and gentlemen, if ever you are in trouble, remember this one thing. Mm, what's that? Always take your clothes off. Always take your clothes off, folks. <laughs> uh, I'm streaking in the quad. Quad streaking. <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon gibbons Kime, and our biotechnical engineer is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. Curdy shoe.